We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. DFS pregame show here on a pregame show. Welcome to Roto Grinders today. Forgot the change of the name, right? Forgot right now, right? I'm used to Mondays with McCool, right? Mm -hmm. That's part of the DFS pregame show, but now we're just doing Roto Grinders today. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, right? Mondays with McCool. That's what we do. Monday, September 11th. James McCool, the co author. Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. I had to think like a professional DFS player. 15-hour audio DFS masterclass at theoryofdfs.com as well as his, his advanced tools and on my advanced guide. How to apply profitable DFS strategies. You can pick that all up, theoryofdfs.com. Give me those thumbs-ups in the chat. Hit that dummy thumb button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Hit whatever you want. James, yesterday, NFL. Week one, mm. did you hit it? I did not, no. I did the very opposite of hit it. <laughs> uh, pretty bad week for me. Um, I would have been okay had I gone with Tyreek Hill over Jamar Chase in, in cash. but Oh, didn't. you didn't play Tyreek Hill in cash? 
No, so you don't really you don't really play much cash games anyway. No, no. I mean, I, I'm playing it this year um, because I'm I'm pretty good at them. I have a pretty good record over the last couple of years. But uh, I so the I thought that it was close enough between the two that I was fine with Jamar Chase since I already had Raheem Mostert in like the cash games and like I didn't want to combine those two. Um, I think I'm, I'm pretty, assuming your running back slots were were. Raheem Mostert and Jamal Williams and Alexander Madison. Yeah, I had. Oh, you I had also all three. played Madison. Okay, because yeah. I the two the two popular builds yesterday in cash games at least, and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk about GPPs. Uh, let me let me bring up. I didn't I didn't plan on necessarily talking about cash games. We have results DB mm-hmm. here at Roto Grinders, part of Fantasy Labs. We'll show off every Monday. That's our that's our tool time. Nope. Results DB. And you can go to any any of the main contests on DraftKings. This is only available for DraftKings because they have allowed CSV downloads. Uh, FanDuel doesn't. Uh, we do not currently have the $5 milli in results DB. They're working on it because it's a 1.1 million entry contest. And apparently it's breaking, breaking our systems here. So I, I do have everything else up here. But if I look at the massive... $25 double up, right? Single entry double up, which is, you know, the largest contest, 68, 96 entries, one entry only, $25 double up. Uh, we could see here that that the chalk build, I mean, I'm assuming James, you said you had Mostert and Williams. You had the Washington defense. Yep. You had uh, Isaiah Likely. Yeah. And it just, it really came down to if, you, t- you tell me that you played Madison. That means you played you played the lineup where – did you play Marvin Mims or Jaden Reed? So I had Mar- Marvin Mims initially. I did end up late swapping to save some equity. Oh, okay. But what was your – it was in your original lineup. It was in my original, yes. Okay, so you basically played the Jefferson – you played – so you, did you play the same lineup that I played in cash? Did you play three? No, you couldn't have played three studs. So you, you was okay. So you essentially played the lineup that would have that a lot of other people had Calvin Ridley in, right? But and you had the sixty five hundred dollar Madison in the flex. Because right. my my lineup, I just did triples. St- what I wanted to do, James, mm. I would have done better. Now, obviously, I I made money in cash because we yeah. we the early weeks. Like you can make you can make a mistake and still make money, yeah. Because uh, the two most popular lineups were, uh, it really all depended on who you played at quarterback. I'm assuming James, you played Anthony Richardson at quarterback. I played Herbert, actually. Oh, so you, my, play, my uh, you, options... went, you had the money to go up, right. Just a little, but not all the way to Hertz, right? Right. So you just got stuck on a two v two, just just very similar to me. Yeah. You played that the. the the two most popular lineups, I think, and I mean, I'll look a little bit later after the show, was uh, my lineup, Richardson, Mostert, Williams, three 8K wide receivers, so Chase Hill right. and Jefferson, yeah. likely Mims or Reed, mm-hmm. and the Washington defense. Right. Other people, uh, instead of playing uh, Jefferson, went down to Ridley and then went up from from. Anthony Richardson to Hertz. Right. Also some lineups with Sam Howell yep. in a very similar configuration where maybe you went up a little bit more, but the, the thing that I want, I wanted to do 
is I wanted to play my lineup, but instead of playing Chase and Mims, I was going to play Sutton and Kenneth, Kenny Walker. Yeah. Only, only because only because I look at these three K receivers and I go, "What's my what's my rule of week one?" Especially, right? Yeah, we don't. Nobody know. knows anything, yeah, so I'm I, like, I'm gonna play a, a rookie guy that oh Judy's out, but they called two people up. They got Philip Dorsett. They got yeah. like this guy has a floor of almost zero. Sutton is guaranteed. I mean, Sutton is is a guarantee for the Broncos, and then Kenny Walker. It's like okay, volume. Like, yep. is he is he the greatest cash play? No, but I mean, it's like, okay, volume. But then I think, I know Mims is going to be a million percent owned. Some it's 3K off. receiver is. And I'm just like, I'm week one. I'm just, I'm just going to block. I yep. split a bunch of double ups and stuff like that. Uh, but I had Chase. I mean, I, in my project, in my aggregated projection, mm. I had Chase clearly, I'm clearly by like one point. Yeah. The lowest projected out of the throw. Like Justin Jefferson won Tyreek Hill and then Jamar Chase. See, I had I had Justin Jefferson by a far one. I had Justin Jefferson for 17.9. And then I had Tyreek Hill and Jamar Chase for Tyreek Hill a slight above at 16.77. And then Jamar Chase at 16.66. Those seemed like lo- those seemed like low means. Uh, I, I mean, our projections here had him. I mean, in the twenties. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that I would have projected him in the twenties. Um, but I mean, I'm always a little bit different. Like you know that. Okay. Um, directionally, it always ends up being relatively. Yeah, relatively the same, same right? Because you just, just scale it down. Yeah. So I, the way I looked at it, I mostly just thought that having most out there, I was fine with going with Jamar Chase especially because I, I had Jamar Chase for a little bit higher in terms of targets and a little bit higher in terms of receptions. So I figured that I would just go there. Um, but I, I looked at it as basically a coin flip and I just lost that coin flip based on my projections. So I don't mind that. Um, some people said that I should have gone with one with a higher total. Sure. Fair. It's fair. But I mean, as far as projections go, the projections already know the totals um, and they know the the counts and the baseline stats and everything like that. So I just thought it was a 50, 50 that I lost. Um, it's a really brutal 50, 50 to lose 35 fantasy points. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's the so, big, that's a very big, big flip, right? I mm-hmm. mean, mm-hmm. eight, eight fantasy points or so, or versus 47 mm-hmm. like that, that'll, that'll kind of kill you when, especially when Tyreek Hill is 55% owned in double ups. Well, and so what I ended up doing, like Tyreek Hill ended up crushing obviously, but at the beginning, like as we were going into the late games, and this is a really important point to always hammer home. I knew that I was pretty much drawing dead going into the afternoon games, right? Like I had to start this, this slate. I had Jamal Williams, who only gave me seven. I had Justin Jefferson, who got me 27. Sure, but he's like a million percent owned. doesn't matter. I had Jamar Chase with nine, knowing that other people had Tyreek Hill. I had Isaiah Likely at 1.4. Doesn't really matter. Super high owned. And then I had the commander's defense and Alexander Madison at 13. So right, the main thing is that, that you, the main thing there, the main thing that made you, makes you swap is that you didn't – you. You missed on the Ridley versus Madison flip, and Ridley was owned enough that even even if you had Tyreek Hill in your lineup, it's quite possible that right. you would have swapped off of him. Right. So with both of those things, with knowing that I had Jamar Chase versus Tyreek Hill, and like well, Tyreek Hill didn't go at that point. No, 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 no. But knowing that I had, no, knowing that the rest of the field has has Hill instead of Chase in that right. Point. 
like the knowing that I'm going to have some subset of opponents that are going to have Tyreek Hill and probably a large subset of opponents that are going to have Tyreek Hill and knowing that I'm already behind the eight ball with Tyreek Hill having a median of around 17 and Jamar Chase finishing with nine, I knew that I had to late swap. So what I ended up doing was getting off of Raheem Mostart and Marvin Mims and swapping on to Khalil Herbert and Tutu Atwell. And now the Tutu Atwell Atwell did fine. That was fine. And, and Khalil Herbert basically scored the same as Mostert. Um, So overall, like I ended up salvaging a little bit, Um, ended up down like, I don't know, about 50%, but I would have been down a hundred percent had I not make that swap. So it's really important to understand what you're up against and think through that's how you use late swap. You think about your equity and you think about what it's going to take for you to have your best case, best outcome, uh, best outcome come through. And um, that that's an important lesson to show. So cash games, not super great, um, but it is what it is. And then GPPs, I just got blanked, but that happens every weekend. Anyway. Uh, did, you, did you just single entry three max? Uh, yeah, I did three. I did three in the Wildcat and three in the um, World Championship qualifier. So. Okay, because I, I I did I primarily played the five dollar milli mm-hmm. this past week, but I did I did I made I made a toilet shitter lineup or whatever <laughs> whatever you call it the hand build I'm a hand builder ah right I right, made right. a hand I made a hand builder lineup I made it the night before and I didn't even change it right but I was gonna play it basically I played it in like a bunch of like I played it in like the fifty dollar red zone all yeah. the way down and I also played it in a bunch of like satellite tickets. But like UFC contests and yeah. they over like I looked the you know ten minutes before and it's like four out of nineteen or yeah. six six out of twelve and I'm like okay this is that a lot of people are going to be playing their cash lineups in these contests let me play my my single entry lineup uh I this is this is what I played and I was looking good I was looking very good after the first set of games yeah uh but not I still cash without Tyreek Hill. Right or did I? No, I didn't even cash. I cash in a whole bunch of other stuff. In, right, but not this one. Yeah. Not this one. But I didn't mind my. I didn't. I didn't really mind. I mind my construction. I went down at running back, went up. But I mean, I was only going to play one AK receiver. Mm-hmm. Right. I wanted to focus on like the mid range of receiver. And with so many people playing Isaiah Likely, I'm like, why don't I just stack Isaiah Likely with Lamar Jackson and Zay Flowers? Right. And just do it that way. Don't I don't need to play a bring back or anything. Just the Baltimore rolls. And then I then who has high ceilings in the in the mid-range? So it's like, give me Olave, give me Ridley. Yep. Right. Give me the give me the Browns defense, because a lot of people may be playing Bengal stacks <laughs> or something like that. And people and this is a twenty six hundred dollar defense, and the commander's twenty eight hundred dollars defense was gonna be very high owned. And for the con I mean, for the Millie. I mean, this is a little, little slightly too chalky, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not, I'm not playing the Millie. So just like this is like this. If I were, to, if I would, if the hundred dollar spy existed this week, I would have played this. And this would have been my spy lineup. It just yeah. ended up being my red zone lineup. So what, what did you, what did you do? I mean, I purposely said that like I'm not going to play Tyree Kill in lineups that don't contain a stack of the Miami. Like, like I would need to have an Eckler or an Allen or Mike Williams or. Stuff in my life, I would, it would have to be a Herbert stack. It would have to be a Tua stack with a run back. So it's like the the only the only guys from the from the game that was playing on their own were just the running backs. Yeah. So I was I was never going to play Tyreek Hill by himself in this lineup, and that's you know I I would play Jefferson above him, 
mm-hmm. uh, if anything, uh, or, yeah. or or Chase Hill. I kept him mostly into stacks, and then of course it turns out that the the only two players in the game that are, were worth a crap were Eckler and Hill. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I ended up doing something similar. Um, I had three lineups. I had a Cincinnati stack, I had a Baltimore stack, and I had a Charger stack, um, which I didn't really, when I was running through um, ownership and running the the stack finder and the pivot finder and stuff like that, um, at, Miami was just a little bit too owned, and I liked the Charger side a little bit more. Um, I was fine with Miami. I wrote up Miami for fantasy life, but that I was I wanted to get away from them overall because I knew that the main person I wanted there was Tyreek Hill anyway. So why not just go with a Chargers stack and bring back Tyreek Hill? Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that, and then I was so far behind on that lineup to begin with that I had to get off Tyreek Hill and go to Jalen Waddle. <laughs> so my who Chargers else, stack. Who else was in that lineup from the early set of games? Uh, so that I had J.K. Dobbins. Okay, and he died. Right? Life is hard. I had Jamal Williams. And I mean, hard. Uh, and then I had Nico Collins and the Buccaneers defense. And Nico Collins is fine. Um, put up 14. Uh, and then I had Buccaneers, Buccaneers defense, which put up nine. And that was fine. And what that lineup was, was Herbert with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Tyreek Hill. And then at tight end, I had Luke Musgrave. Okay. Um, which was fine. But then I had to get off of Tyreek Hill because I was already so far behind the eight ball that I went on to Jalen Waddle. And then I went with an overstack on the Chargers and ended up going Allen, Williams, and Everett. Because I knew that the only way this lineup was going to actually have any upside was if Herbert just went absolutely insane. Um, so and adding in Everett and, there, and Eckler scored all the points. Right. Yeah, yeah. Life's hard. Um, but my Baltimore stack, I did something very similar to you. I, I decided that if likely was going to be 30 35% owned, I'm just going to pair him for Mar Jackson, who I liked anyway. Um, I did not do a double stack, though. I just went with Jackson and Likely. And then I went with uh, DeAndre, or I, I had Raheem Mostart and Rashad White in that lineup as running backs with Marvin Mims uh, and Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. And I don't remember who I had instead of Sutton, but at again, with late swap stuff, I got off of some $5,000 receiver and I did a 2v2 where I got onto Sutton and off of Mims and changed Mims to Atwell. <clears throat> you can also take a look at a bunch of stuff in results, DB. You can get yeah. here at rotogrinders.com as part of Fantasy Labs. So you could, it's available here, rotogrinders.com slash results, DB. You take a look at the exposures. You can take a look at all the lineups and all the featured contests, the, the, the luxury box, the wildcat, the power sweep, the end zone, red zone, fair and slant, the play action, everything. And what I like doing with this is let's get off the double ups. Like, of course, typically we'll have the, the Millie loaded in. But I just use the play action because it's 198,000 entries. I like seeing the difference between low stakes, big field ownership versus the smaller versus the midsize, right? We have the $100 Millie, 28,000 entries, and then like the 4444 Millie, the Mega Millie. 768 entries just to show how ownership condenses and also this is this is a tool to show that obviously as you go up in stakes and the smaller the field the better the the better the users are right and the bet the if you want to judge your your play like oh i had a lot of this guy like typically the large fields low stakes are way more inefficient 
mm-hmm. are like the better projected players than in the in the in the smaller field high stakes where pretty much everyone everyone playing pretty much everyone playing the the mega milli has some some type of projections there i mean they're 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 going by projections and ownership they're good they're they they have their own information or they're using the information here at roto grinders so then they're not missing on those things so we take a look at just like like running back for example like i'm gonna i'm gonna filter by running back so you could see that from the low from the highest stakes the highest owned running backs like mostert and williams were like Mostert, 34 in the Mega, 23 in the $100 Milli, and 17 in the play action. Yep. I actually had Mostert projected higher than 17, and I still got a lot of them. So, like, I'm comparing how I played versus kind of the field. So, like, Jamal Williams, 26 in the Mega, 18 in the hundred and in the play action, he was 15. So not as big of a drop off, but we take a look at someone like JK Dobbins and I don't want to pick, I don't want to pick on, pick on James. We're sad about it. We're, right. We are sad about it. JK Dobbins, 12% in the play action. JK Dobbins, 8.9% in the hundred dollar contest. And JK Dobbins in the mega was 5.3. So let me defend myself here really quick because you said you weren't going to pick on me. Right. I said I wasn't going to pick on you, but typically when it's used the other way, that that now obviously you your 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 argument could be that since you knew that more of the bad players in the large field were playing Dobbins, that he would go no. under owned in, in the small field contest. That's not my argument. <laughs> I I noted because I didn't have him projected all that well. I noted in my article, I said, um, I have some interest in J.K. Dobbins, although he does not project especially well, simply because of the rushing touchdown expectation for Baltimore. It wasn't necessarily that I thought that J.K. Dobbins was an incredible play. Um, I didn't have him project all that well, but I thought the rushing touchdown equity was very high for for a team as a large home favorite up against Houston. So that was more of like if we're using the intuitive model and like a very basic idea of like where we should be targeting running backs. Nobody knows anything about running backs early. Uh, I pretty much just mix and match that 5K range and J.K. Dobbins ended up. No, I agree. The variance at the running back position is very touchdown dependent. So, like, we take a look at Mixon, Mm 10.6 in the play action. Mixon, 10.1 in the $100. And Mixon, 10 in the fourth mega. So, like, it's like there was was not that much in in, uh, efficiency difference. If we go to, like, wide receiver... Right. Go to wide receiver. So let's take a look at like someone like Calvin Ridley. 16% in the play action, 19% in the hundred, and in the mega, he was 19 also. I I bumped up his his ownership. Because I mean, if we take a look at just the play action, he was the third highest owned receiver on the slate. So mm-hmm. when I was playing the building my lineups for the Millie. I bumped up his ownership because I, I think people were underestimating how many people wanted to play Calvin Ridley. Uh, but look, we take a look at Mike Williams, on the other hand. Mike Williams came in at 16% in the play action, 18% in the $100 contest, 
hundred dollar milli. The mega, he was twenty one percent. Seems like a lot owned. Yeah, he was way high. He he was much higher owned than than projected. Yeah, I only had him at eleven percent. I mean, right, same, I same. Project, yeah, right. I had him. I had him at twelve. Yeah, and the thing is that I had him at twelve percent, which and I based on my runs of lineups. I got more of him because Same. he probably should be. He probably should have been sixteen to eighteen percent, and you know what? He actually came in at sixteen to eighteen percent, right? It's one of those things. Uh, uh, a player that I was, I was high on that uh, maybe isn't a thing anymore is uh, is Christian Kirk. Mm. Uh, only because I was adjusting Jaguar Jaguars ownership for Ridley to bump up. So Kirk projected well enough that with his leverage, like Christian Kirk in the play action was 8.8%. Christian Kirk, 8.1 in the $100 milli. And Christian Kirk, 7.4. So, I mean, not much difference between. But, I mean, I, I, had, Christian, I had Christian Kirk projected around 8% owned, projected owned. I'd really projected for, like, 18 to 20% owned. And uh, I thought the difference between the two, one shouldn't be twice as owned as the other because why? We don't know anything. Right. And you know, the thing is, James, uh, next week when the Jaguars play and Ridley is, uh, is a thousand more and Christian Kirk's price didn't move. I'm, 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 I may be playing Christian Kirk next week. Cause we, you know, you know, me week two is my, is my favorite week of the year. Yeah, that's that's your bread and butter. That's your bread and butter specifically. Well, weeks weeks two, three, four, like those when people see very small sample sizes and go, you know, oh Calvin really only got bumped up to sixty nine hundred. He has a set like Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers forty five percent target share. He's gonna be like fifty two hundred. Yeah, and he's gonna people are gonna just rush to play him, and then I'm gonna look at forty five hundred dollar Rashad Bateman. And go, let me take a chance on this. Just well, in case. He's gonna, no, I'll tell you what's going to happen. He's going to have that. And then Mark Andrews is going to come back. And people are going to say, oh, Mark Andrews is back. He's going to he's gonna go way down. And he's, gonna, he's not going to be on at all after, after oh, having a 45 Zay Flowers? No, we, yeah. well, no, that effect will be made up by the recency bias people. Oh, that's true. Right? So, like, even if Andrews is back and it's like, oh, well, he's not going to get a 45% target share. There's still tons of people that don't even care that Andrews is back or not, and they look at the game log and go, "Zay Flowers, let me eat." Right? Mm-hmm. I was early on it, and I didn't, I wasn't able to capitalize. But I, I, I'd more, I'd more Zay Flowers than I did of the the three K receivers. I, I, dude, if you built lineups for like mass multi entry lineups, and you built without like rules, like one of the first rules that I put in was. In, in lineup HQ, I went into a custom setting. I didn't want to make a group of these people. I just went in. I don't want a single wide receiver or tight end. I, no more than one under 4,000. Yeah. That, and that was if, you, if, you, if you kept on building, you'd get Mims Reed lineups, Mims Musgraves lineups. Atwell, you'd, you'd get these barbell lineups where you're playing like Eckler, Eckler Hill, Chase, like all these types of barbell type of lineups. And I'm like, like people, these are, these lineups are going to be played too much. Yeah. And these 3K guys, who knows what the hell their ceilings are? Who knows what their floors are? Who knows what any of these things are? 
So it's like, nope, just limit one. Yeah, sure, I'll take a shot on one of them per lineup, but I want I wanted to focus on the mid-range players. And uh, another one that, dude, do we have to, James? Yeah. How do you handle that? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. There's one guy in in the NFL uh-huh. that I'm not sure projection systems can handle. Uh-huh. Right. And maybe maybe you handle him better, mm-hmm. but a lot of others don't. Yeah. Right. And I don't know if it's better or worse. It's just that by the numbers on the surface, you would project this guy for X. And then you actually like watch the games and go, how are the, imp- the inputs cannot possibly be right when you watch this team play. And then you try to adjust for that the next week and he still projects well. And then you watch this team play and you go, in theory, this num- in theory, this is the mean, but like, do you, do you know what player I'm talking about? It's Kyle Pitts. Oh well, you're cl- you're close. You're, <laughs> you're very close. You're on the right team. Is Drake London? Yes. Yeah. How do you project someone that that legitimately has like a thirty to thirty five percent target share for a team that it's all it's like theoretically it makes no sense to project the team to have that few pass attempts and on the pass attempts they have to have the pass attempts be so short. Uh, well, it, first off, uh, you can certainly project it uh, with them being quote unquote bad. Um, I had, we're going to have Drake London. I had Drake London projected for 11, which is not bad. All things considered, but uh when it comes to his target share, let me, let me find his actual stats here. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so Drake London... I had for 7.28 targets and only 4.4 catches. Okay, with an eight out of what? I mean, his eight out is decent. Right, for, for 50 yards total. Right, so that's – there you go, right? I don't know how you're supposed to project – like – Well, that, but that's what I'm saying. You're you're putting it in that way also. I mean, that's the, exactly the same thing. Yeah. Like, he does he, – he gets he gets seven targets – only catches four of them. He gets 50 yards. And then you watch the game and you go, Desmond Ritter cannot throw the ball more than four yards. <laughs> and they're only going to pass the ball 18 times. And you go, go well, in theory, 
Because the thing is, James, is that if you if you run like a simulation of the game, mm-hmm. there are tons of game scripts where they have to throw the ball. They like well, literally, no, they literally don't. have that's, to throw That's the, the thing, though. Arthur Smith does not care. Arthur Smith legitimately does not care about game state. Like the guy is consistently just really low on pass pretense over expectation. Like he, he basically breaks the entire table when it comes to stuff like that. Um, it's it's just and they it, win. They want like like they don't care. No, and they they win. Won. Yeah, and they win, and uh, because he doesn't. I I think. I think that people get mad and say, well, this player is so much better than this player and this player is, you know, but like people were mad that uh, the Tyler Algier was getting carries in the red zone or whatever, getting touchdowns. And people are always mad that Kyle Pitts is blocking instead of running routes. And people are mad that Drake London doesn't have like these flashy stat lines. And these are really good players. But, but we say every single year that running backs don't matter. So why do we say that Bijan Robinson matters so much more than every other running back? We see we say every single year the tight ends who get opportunity typically are going to be able to produce with the opportunity. Why is Kyle Pitts some massive exception to that rule? Uh, I think what it comes down to is that Arthur Smith looks at these players, and I'm not trying to make Arthur Smith a genius here, but like I, I have to assume that the way that he looks at it is. I have all of these different players that I can use in all of these different ways. And I'm going to use them based on when they're fresh and when their legs are fresh and just do the things that make the most sense to try to win the game rather than get the players, the ball. But like at, I saw on Twitter, um, I think it's Chris towers said it on, on Twitter. He was like, okay, I'm willing to accept that Arthur Smith would rather win games than get fancy points but he has to win games. Like if they don't win like 10 games this year with the strategy of using every player on the roster, like if that's his, his win condition is that he wants to keep guys fresh and utilize them in different ways that are not planned by the opponent. Cause like the opponent thinks that he's going to use B. John Robinson constantly because it's a first round pick. Uh, but then he doesn't. And it's like, okay, maybe that trips up the opponent. I don't know. Um, if his, if his win condition is to keep things different, then that has to produce enough wins to get into the postseason. So if it doesn't do that, then what's the point? You know, I, It's such a weird thing to, to think through and deal with. The Drake London was 7.5% in the play action. He was 8% in the $100 milli. And he was... Six percent in the mega millionaire, so not that that big of a difference between the contests, right? In general, right? Kendrick Bourne, another one. I, I had a bunch of Kendrick Bourne in my lineups, but uh, too bad he they, he was mostly in my Jalen Hurts lineups, right? Right. Bourne was seven point nine in the mega. Bourne was five point six in the hundred dollar one, and Bourne, where's Bourne? Born, we can, I can't even find him in the play action. Born, born, born. Two point five percent in the play action. <laughs> but these are these are the these are the these are the players. I you know I project for the large field stuff. So like yeah, I Kendrick Bourne it like projected to be two percent owned. Hence why I played uh, a bunch of them. But of course wow. I played a bunch of Drake London also with his zero. So that didn't matter. 
for what it's worth, uh, I just ran my contest sim on small field stuff. Uh, and I had Mike Williams at efficient ownership at about 26%. So about right for where he came in in that like larger stuff. Right. Um, but this is the type of stuff that you should be looking at. If you're watching right yeah. now, hit that thumbs up button. You go to Results DB, it's free, right? You don't have to pay for this at Roto Grinders. You could just go to Results DB. Super um, valuable. Super Ridiculous valuable. Value. And you could look through and compare different content. Download your CSVs, obviously. We even have a tool in Theory of DFS where you could. You could have a results DB like experience with your own contest and CSVs, and you could explore other people's lineups, other people's sets of lineups very similarly. So you can go, go get that in the advanced players course with the custom Excel tools, theory of DFS.com. It does a couple of things that results DB doesn't, although it may not look as pretty as results DB because it's in Excel. Uh, but I mean, I, I use both. You know, every every week I look at this. I download CSVs all the time. So you could look through. You could look through exposures of certain players, certain lineups. You could look different stacks, duplicates, duplicate lineups. I mean, look, I mean, we could we look at the play action. I mean, you could see here. Imagine, imagine, imagine. Imagine playing a lineup in, in that large field of a contest on a 13-game slate and be duped. 62 Ugh. times right right i mean take a take a look at i mean take i mean some of these lineups you look at and you go how how are they duped right right you take a look at a herbert eckler herbert <laughs> herbert eckler khalil herbert hill alave godwin hayden hurst marvin mims washington defense and that was duped 46 times i mean you got to think that that that's like somebody Oh no, that's forty-five users. Forty-five different users, right? Like if it if it just used like this one too, right? Obviously, someone one person put thirty-nine entries in or something of the same same line. I mean, same type of lineup, and and that's it. But I mean, I mean th these 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 are the lineups that are seeding equity to you. Right. I mean, we could, I mean I don't want to embarrass anyone, but I mean we could go to the the mega the mega millionaire and let's see. I mean, are there any duplicates here? Yeah, there's are there I technically are, right? Two. I mean, this isn't as bad in the 444 with 768 entries. But I mean in the large field stuff. I mean, some of these are just because you're jamming in the chalk with with I mean, like take a look at the Trevor Lawrence lineup. Right? Lawrence, Christian Kirk, Ridley. Right? Jamal Williams, Justin Jefferson, Mostert likely Washington defense. No, I Aaron Outside of the Washington defense, like that line is sick. But I'm saying it's Chalk City, other than yeah. like Christian Kirk as part of the stack. Aaron Jones was owned. Even over but here. A, but with a lineup like that, like all you have to do is just get off the Washington defense. Right, fine. exactly. That's fine. Right. You can also take a look at uh, like correlations, team stacks, game stacks, how often were multiple... Brian Robin, the number the, in the play action, the most owned combination of player was Brian Robinson and the Washington defense. Look at that correlation. 3.5% of all lineups in the play action played both together. My most dirt hill was number two. Lauren, and then obviously the stacks like Lawrence Ridley. So the, the actually the, the most owned stacks from a combinatorial standpoint, we're actually Lawrence Ridley and Cousins Jefferson. I'm amazed by that, actually. Right. Rather than, and Tua Hill is is lower. 
Herbert Allen, Herbert, Herbert Williams was higher than Herbert Allen. You could even look at the game stacks in total. Game stacks include like secondary correlations as well. Mm-hmm. So one guy from one side and one guy from the other side, Rashad White and Justin Jefferson, right? Austin Eckler, Tyreek Hill was number two, right? As far as game stacks are concerned, right? So you could do this. You could you could look at all that. You could look obviously look at the leaderboard. You could look at lineups. You could look at you could look at everything. There's live scoring during the games. I mean, assuming that we've uploaded uploaded them. You could compare exposures to you know top players, right? See what types of lineups they played. That's results DB. Go there, rotogrinders.com. Donnie Watson in the chat is asking for what the difference in Rashad White in those contests. You know, you know what I would say to to to, to Donnie Watson that results DB is free. You could just go and go and look. <laughs> Right. I mean, I could, I could show here. I mean, just answer the question. It's a huge comment. Just answer the question. Yeah, but, but James, after, course, after someone asks, it's like, I'm pitching, dude, this is free. You could go there and you can yeah. compare anything you want. And someone's of like, course. well, what's the difference? Yeah. And, and I hope that they do. And I hope they should. But answer the damn question. <laughs> Rashad White. Let's find Rashad White. Where's Rashad White? <laughs> Oh, it's okay. I have to go to running back. Go to running back. Go to running back. Go to running back. Rashad White in the play action. 9.6. 11.7 in the hundred dollar milli and eleven percent in the in the mega milli. So there a little you bit go. higher owned in higher stakes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh showdown tonight. Yeah. You got you got any Got any takes? Got yeah, we, we got stuff here. We got obviously still need to wait. We got simulation stuff, simulation output that G, uh, Jimino runs. Obviously, okay. We just uh, Noda just came out with the grind down mm-hmm. for for showdown. Right, all the showdown stuff will come out. Uh, you know, this afternoon. Rotogrinders.com for premium members. Click on that link in the description. Get ten dollars off your first month. Uh, it looks to be a decent decent showdown slate. Only. I mean, from a perspective, remember, I come from a how many combinations of players can we make? Uh, do you do you make any sense of what the hell the Jets, I mean, what this Jets offense is going to look like? Uh, yeah, I mean, currently. I have, like, how do, you proje- how do you project it? It's mostly just going to be how do you. So right now I have Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall about a 60-30 split or so. Um but like that one, you know, that's going to give you some equity depending on which side has higher ownership. Uh, Garrett Wilson is going to be obviously the guy, um, followed by some amount of Alan Lazard with Conklin and Michael Hardman and Randall Cobb. Like Randall Cobb was winning the slot, the slot job in the preseason, which is dumb. Um, but it's it's mostly just going to be those first four guys: Aaron Rodgers, Garrett Wilson, Dalvin Cook, and Brees Hall. I'm trying to figure out. Which two, which one of Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall is going to be the more valuable one at showdown? It's going to be where you make your money on uh, on New York Jets side for sure. Is there anything in your in your model that if the player has played already at some point with Aaron Rodgers, you bumped up the projection by 20%? No, absolutely not. Mostly just because like the players who have played with Aaron Rodgers, it's like Aaron Rodgers has always had one guy that he just goes into, right? Like it's always been Devontae Adams or it's been Donald Driver, or it's been uh, Jordy Nelson. Like, we always have. Aaron Rodgers says, 
always had a clear number one. Uh, and then it's like the other guys are just there. Uh, and and you think that's going to be Garrett Wilson, even though he's never played with them? I think it has to be. Yeah. I, I mean, well, I mean, it, look at the dust that's on their team. I mean, right. Yeah. Like who else, who else is, is good enough to be the wide receiver on that team? There's nobody. And Garrett Wilson, he's fine. He's good. Um, so it should be, you know, you, you should expect Garrett Wilson to have something like a 30% target share here and 35% of the air yards. Like a, anything less than that, I'd be really surprised. How about the backfield for the Bills? That one's going to be really interesting. Um, I have them pretty much splitting carries about 50-50, but with James Cook getting a significant amount of the targets for the team. I have them for five targets and uh, just under four receptions. So when it comes down to it, I think that people are going to be much higher on James Cook, kind of similar to what we saw on the opening night showdown between Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. Um, uh, this one, I think, is a, is a much more even split, where that one I think people were projecting David Montgomery to have a higher rushing share anyway. But here, I, I think it would be really interesting. I think people are going to be preferring James Cook by a considerable amount, but there's no reason why Damian Harris wouldn't get the goal line work. Um, and goal line work can be very, very high equity in the same way that target share can be. So uh, those guys, especially considering the price difference, it would make a lot more sense to have more exposure to Damian Harris if he is under-owned. Uh, ownership projections matter a lot in showdowns. So um, I don't have those populated yet. My my guess is that James Cook ends up somewhere around the – 35 to 40 percent on range and Damian Harris somewhere in the 20 to 25 percent so I would probably prefer to lean into the Harris side we also have props and pick and package here at Roto Grinders the free pick of the day is one that I would agree with based on our projections James Cook over 14 and a half receiving yards you could also look I mean obviously we have you know the props package you could also look we have statistical projections for nfl for nba for mlb so you could even look through if we take a look here at, at james cook james cook we take a look receiving yards 21.65 on 2.44 receptions okay that will equate uh at bench mgm right now there's uh minus 120 on over 14 and a half receiving yards i believe FanDuel has already moved that to 17 and a half. Don't get this. Don't do over 17 and a half. It's going to, you're not going to get it. There's not negative. There's negative expected value on 17 and a half. The small, about a 5% edge. If you go by our projections in, at RG for 2.44 receptions and 21.65, if you simulated that out, because you need the receptions, like it's not one reception on 21 yards, right? It's two receptions. It's three receptions. It's four you have, you have to you have to you need the receptions in there as well to determine your edge. And obviously, these are all means, which means they're going to skew positively. Which means like like seventeen and a half is no good. You're going to need more. You need more more of a cushion there because the median is actually going to be much lower than the mean. Because when James Cook puts up eighty receiving yards, that's well within his range of outcomes. That's going to skew that average so much higher. So simply going by means, you have to convert them to medians. So at 14 and a half receiving yards, I still show at minus 120 bet MGM, there's about a five, five or so percent edge there. Uh, and also baseball, 
We also have uh, props and pick'em stuff. Cardi posts his stuff here. Keith, Charlie Wright, everyone, right? I'm just going to flash it so you can. Ooh, there'll be more posted there, right? If you look at the, if you look at our projections for 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 Jordan Wicks, I believe is that his first name, Jordan. Same name as me. I think so. Yeah. You believe so? Wicks. Uh, under four and a half strikeouts, minus 120 on BetMGM. Charlie Wright has that up in our props and pick'em package. Uh, I checked with our with our projections. Uh, our projections show, uh, I mean, is mean strikeout rate. The bat has Wicks at 3.62. And I believe ours has it around the same. And um, that's on, on about 75 to 80 pitches. He's pitching in Colorado. Uh, which typically limits the number of strikeouts. I know that uh, Colorado is one of the top strikeout teams in the league, but outside of Jordan Wicks throwing like nine strikeouts in his first game, like he's not that type of pitcher. Like, I mean, he's he isn't right. So, do you do you have a K projection for Wicks? I have not run baseball stuff yet. I'm running after the show okay. today because uh, it's September, and who cares about baseball, right? Well, I had I had a NFL stuff to run. I had to take care of data pipelines for for NFL first, right? MLB still exists. We still have it. It's still going on today. So, James, uh, where can uh, people find you? I mean, obviously here every Monday, but outside of Mondays. You can find me here every Monday, Mondays with McCool. You can also find me over on Twitter, uh, Pater underscore DFS. And then you can find all of my models and projections and everything like that at PaterDFS.com. Right. And and the same models that had Drake London with as about as many points as our model. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the same models that are directionally accurate and have all the cool bells and whistles and everything too. Yeah. Uh, and as always, you could pick up both me and James created the theory of daily fantasy sports, fifteen hour audio DFS masterclass. If, if if for the fundamentals, and then I have the advanced course with ten more chapters of audio, and all the Excel tools that James has created that I use on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's very click and click and cut and paste. It's not, it's not complicated there. It's as long as you have Microsoft Excel, a, a recent, a decently recent version of it. Uh, you should be able to run all of these things. And that alongside the Roto grinders projections and the ownership, uh, you should be able, you should be able to conceptually, you know, build lineups that are plus EV. And that's what we're trying to do here. Right, trying to help you out in DFS, props, pick them, anything you want. Hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We got Grinders Live later today for baseball. We got Showdown Pre-Lock Show. We got tons of stuff here on the channel. And uh, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. I'm here, Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern, on Roto Grinders, today. <laughs>